Welcome to our in-depth discussion of a truly fascinating paper where finance and applied mathematics intersect in such a way that even folks without a Wall Street background can grasp. The paper we'll be sinking our teeth into today is titled Displaying Risk in Mergers, a Diagrammatic Approach for Exchange Ratio Determination. Published in January 2024, this article tackles the complex problem of determining the exchange ratio in mergers, a pivotal financial issue that concerns the stock value each company's shareholders receive after a merger. Authored by Alessandra Mainini, Enrico Moretto, and Daniela Vassetti, this paper dives into stochastic models to enhance our understanding of how risk is assessed and handled during such financial negotiations. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's give a little context. Mergers and acquisitions, commonly referred to as M&A, are cornerstone activities in corporate finance, where the ultimate goal is to create synergy, this magical effect where the whole becomes greater than the sum of its parts. Think of it as an economic Power Rangers episode where combining forces results in a stronger entity. Exactly, Tom. But calculating the intrinsic value of this synergy and how it should be distributed among the merging parties is where it gets tricky. Determining a fair exchange ratio, which is the number of shares one company's shareholders receive from the parent company post-merger, has been a widely contested issue. And it's precisely in this gritty spot that the authors plunge in, utilizing a stochastic framework, meaning one that recognizes the randomness inherent in financial markets. They present an extension of earlier findings which so far had been grounded in a deterministic environment one that assumes a more static, predictable situation with less consideration of varying risk. This becomes critical because as companies merge, the risk doesn't just evaporate, it transforms and transfers, becoming intertwined. Stockholders of either company are not just passive passengers in this journey. They have skin in the game and care deeply about how much risk their new shares will carry and what that means for their economic well-being. And that's what's brilliant about this paper. The authors managed to not only develop a theoretical framework that accounts for the variability of risk, but they also express it in a visually intuitive way through a method of diagrammatic representation called Kolpa's diagrams. They do so by harnessing two main constructs, the expected equity value, which is the anticipated worth of the merged entity, and the overall risk of the equity, which is the measure of uncertainty. By introducing risk measures into the bargaining region where shareholders agree on acceptable exchange ratios, the analysis gains a realistic dimension that was previously missing. The results are fascinating. With risk measures in place, the interests of the acquiring and acquired company stockholders reveal a more tangled web of preferences, altering the framework of negotiation. Astonishingly, Smaller exchange ratios can lead to an increase in both expected equity value and equity risk. But that's not necessarily a bad thing for shrewd negotiators. And through Kulpa's diagrammatic technique, the paper deciphers this complexity, illustrating the bargaining region within which these exchange ratios exist. It's a significant leap forward, as it provides a much-needed tool for stakeholders to visualize the impact of mergers on their wealth in probabilistic terms. To wrap this up, the implications of this paper extend far beyond its theoretical contributions. It implicitly endorses a narrative where shareholders can, and perhaps should, approach mergers from a vantage point 
that balances their appetite for risk against their expected gains. By articulating the intricate dance between value and risk in such a lucid manner, this paper does not only serve as a theoretical cornerstone, but also as a practical guide for finance professionals who daily navigate the treacherous waters of M&A. It's an exceptional encounter of rigor and relevance in finance scholarship. And with that, we conclude our episode, but this discussion on mergers and risk is something that will surely continue to evolve. Our hats off to Manini, Moretto, and Vicetti for pushing the envelope and adding some serious intellectual horsepower to the world of finance. Until next time, keep your investments profitable and your risks calculated. Are you ready to merge? But the thought of determining an exchange ratio gives you the heebie-jeebies? Introducing the Exchange-O-Matic, the first AI-driven platform birthed from the dazzling minds who wrote Displaying Risk in Mergers, a diagrammatic approach for exchange ratio determination. With Exchange-O-Matic, gone are the days of squabbling over shares. Chart your company's future with state-of-the-art culpa diagram visualizations so intuitive your cat could negotiate a merger. Confused about stock risks and sympathies? Exchange-O-Matic analyzes stochastic variables like it's predicting rain in Seattle, basically all the time. Our patented riskoscope filters through the finance mumbo-jumbo, transforming cold numbers into a colorful palette of risk-reward landscapes. It's like if Picasso and Einstein had a software baby. So say goodbye to the M&A blues and hello to a rainbow of possibilities. Exchange-O-Matic, where mystifying math meets merger magic. Tom and Jen, just plug in the numbers and we'll paint your perfect partnership. Terms and conditions may involve learning what a culpa diagram is. No biggie. Welcome to our Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Tom, joined by the one and only Jen. Hi, everyone. Today, we're set to unravel a compelling paper that tackles the world of finance, particularly the high-stakes game of portfolio optimization. The paper is titled Constrained Max Drawdown, a Fast and Robust Portfolio Optimization Approach by Albert Dorador from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. That's right, Jen. In the throes of financial turmoil, like the COVID-19 pandemic, investors scramble to safeguard their assets. This paper steers away from the traditional Markowitz mean variance model and introduces an alternative, focusing on maximizing portfolio robustness by minimizing drawdowns. Now, Drawdowns, for those who may not be familiar, are essentially the peak-to-trough declines in portfolio value. Minimizing these could mean the difference between weathering a financial storm and getting wiped out. Absolutely, Jen. And here's where it gets even more interesting. Dorador doesn't just propose a theoretical model. He delves into mixed-integer linear programming to show not only a robust approach, but also one that's exponentially faster. It all sounds very promising, especially for those looking for stability in uncertain markets. It's crucial to point out that this paper isn't about predicting market movements. That remains an elusive feat. Instead, it's about statistically optimizing how assets perform together. Right again, Jen. This endeavor won't make forecasts. It's about making educated guesses within the constraints we currently understand, like expected returns and associated risks. That said, let's zoom in on the paper's specifics. Shall we begin? Let's do it, Core. Diving into the paper's objectives, Dorador aims to revamp portfolio optimization. The goal is to minimize the max drawdown 
or the worst-case scenario loss, over a set period. Doing so could attract those looking for lower-risk investments, particularly during market downturns. The methodology here is key. Dorador proposes a maximum drawdown model and compares it with the Markowitz quadratic formulation. He demonstrates that not only is his method more robust in the face of fluctuating market parameters, but it's also significantly faster. Let's talk results. The new model demonstrates out-of-sample profitability and a tangible measure of robustness over traditional Markowitz models by focusing on maximum drawdowns instead of standard deviation as a risk measure. The implications? Well, this could revolutionize how portfolios are managed, especially during economic crises. It opens the door to real-time portfolio optimization, even when dealing with large sets of assets. And that brings us to the crux of it all, the potential to change investment strategies fundamentally. By focusing on max drawdowns, this approach targets the heart of what keeps investors up at night, significant losses. A standout aspect is the proposed model's reliance on linear programming, advocating for a more computationally efficient strategy a huge leap from the Markowitz model's complexity. In conclusion, what we have here is a robust approach to portfolio optimization that's not only fast but also appealing during times of uncertainty. It doesn't discard the foundations laid by Markowitz, but builds on them to adapt to modern financial challenges. The paper by Dorador presents an exciting development for the financial sector. It's a testament to ongoing innovation ensuring portfolio optimization isn't just stuck in the theoretical past, but evolves to meet the demands of a turbulent financial present and future. Indeed, Jen. This journey through Dorador's paper demonstrates the ever-evolving landscape of financial optimization techniques and gives us a sneak peek into what might become a new frontier in portfolio management. Before we wrap up, I'd like to reflect on the broader relevance of this paper. Our complex world requires an increasingly nuanced understanding of risk. By addressing the downside potential directly, this research provides a refreshing perspective that could lead to more resilient financial strategies. And with that insightful note, we conclude today's episode. Thank you for joining us in dissecting this cutting-edge research. Stay tuned for more deep dives into fascinating academic discoveries. Goodbye, and take care of your investments and yourselves. Have you ever watched your investments plummet like a clumsy acrobat without a safety net? Fear no more. Introducing RoboRoo, the financial kangaroo that keeps your investments hopping up. RoboRoo's revolutionary technology, powered by the constrained max drawdown optimization technique, makes sure your portfolio's bounces are high. And the falls are just like kangaroos non-existent because, you know, kangaroos can't move backwards. That's right, Jen. With RoboRoo, you're not just investing. You're investing with marsupial magic. Each investment leap is calculated with linear programming speed, leaving those slow Markowitz model tortoises in the dust. So strap on your financial pouch and say g'day, and say g'day to minimize drawdowns and maximize confidence. RoboRoo, your portfolio's bounciest buddy, leapfrogging over those financial potholes. Sign up today and get your first portfolio bounce analysis for free. RoboRoo, pouncing on problems so your investments don't have to.
Welcome to another episode of our Deep Dive podcast series, where we unpack the complex world of economics. And today we have a very intriguing paper to discuss, titled, Cuánto es demasiada inflación? Una clasificación de regímenes inflacionarios, authored by Manuel de Mier and Fernando del Bianco, from the Departamento de Economía, Universidad Nacional del Sur, and Inma Conicet in Bahia Blanca, Argentina. That's right, Tom. Inflation has always been a hot topic in economics, impacting everyday life and the overall health of economies. This paper has caught the eyes of many with its innovative approach for classifying inflationary regimes. It's especially relevant given the historical inflationary context of Argentina, a country known for its volatile inflation history. In this study, Mir and Del Bianco strive to overcome a significant issue in economic research, the arbitrary nature of existing inflation regime classifications, which often suffer from subjectivity and potential biases. They introduce a new methodological approach using machine learning techniques, which minimizes subjectivity and aims to improve precision in constructing inflationary regimes. They focus on providing a historical periodization of Argentine inflation from 1943 to 2022, a feat that hasn't been precisely tackled before. That's quite a span, Jen. The paper hinges on the use of clustering techniques and classification trees to generate a less arbitrary characterization of these regimes. Notably, they've also proposed two smoothing procedures over time to refine the classification, making their model's ability to reflect historical trends even more robust. This approach results in a more nuanced understanding of inflation in Argentina and can undoubtedly shape how we perceive inflation dynamics, not just there, but potentially in other countries as well. So, let's venture into the intricate details of this paper and see what Mir and Del Bianco have unearthed about the enigmatic nature of inflation. Jen, are you ready to unravel the complexities of this paper? Absolutely, Tom. Let's get to it. Five plus words on core and implications and applications. As we conclude our deep dive on Cuánto es demasiada inflación? Una clasificación de regímenes inflacionarios it's clear that Mier and Del Bianco have provided a nuanced, methodologically sound, and in-depth classification of inflationary regimes specific to Argentina's history of inflation, employing an innovative combination of clustering techniques and decision trees. Their work steps away from the subjective nature often found in economic classifications. This study's novel approach, including the temporal contiguity distance and the simple majority rule for the smoother historical periodization of regimes, opens up new possibilities for the field of macroeconomic analysis. Importantly, they've also set a precedent for applying this method to other nations, tailoring the approach to individual countries' characteristics. By using machine learning to minimize biases and subjectivity, they've enhanced the precision of regime classification and provided new insights into long-standing economic questions. Reflecting on this paper's broader relevance, the implications go beyond just academic interest. A proper understanding of inflationary patterns is crucial for policymakers, and the author's findings can help shape informed monetary and fiscal policies. Predicting and managing inflation is key to economic stability. Accurate classification systems, like the one proposed in this study, may lead to the development of new economic models and forecasting tools that can help mitigate the adverse effects of inflation before they become severe. And with that, we wrap up today's episode. Remember, economics is not just graphs and numbers. 
it's about understanding the forces that affect our daily lives. Manuel de Mier and Fernando Del Bianco's work reminds us of the power of data and innovative techniques in deciphering these complex dynamics. Until next time, stay curious, stay informed, and keep listening to our Deep Dive podcast where we untangle the intricacies of the economic world. Goodbye for now. Goodbye, everyone. Are you tired of your inflation rates bouncing around like a kangaroo on a trampoline? Do you find yourself scratching your head trying to figure out if your money will be worth the paper it's printed on tomorrow? Worry no more. Introducing Inflatomatic, the latest innovation inspired by the groundbreaking paper, Cuanto es demasiada inflación? Using the magic of machine learning and the power of prediction, Inflatomatic keeps track of your economy's pulse so you don't have to. Whether you're a central bank guru or just a curious cat about your country's cash flow, our app offers real-time inflationary regime classifications with just a swipe. Get notifications like, inflation's mild today, treat yourself to an extra latte, or hold on to your wallets, folks, we're entering hyperdrive. With Inflato-O-Matic, you'll never again have to ask, ¿Cuánto es demasiada inflación? Because we'll have all the answers wrapped up in a snazzy app that even your grandma can use. Keep your finances fun and funky with Inflato-O-Matic. Download today and say goodbye to those inflation blues. Disclaimer, Inflato-O-Matic cannot actually control your economy, but it'll sure make you feel like it can. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our Deep Dive podcast series, where we unpack scientific papers and translate complex concepts into understandable insights. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we're venturing into the fascinating world of world trade and currency battles through the lens of opinion formation models. In this episode, we're diving into the paper titled Opinion Formation in the World Trade Network, authored by Celestan Kokide, Jose Lages, and Dima L. Shepelyansky. This paper's significance is pretty monumental because it tries to model a domain we often consider intuitive and based on human psychology, opinion formation, into something concrete, connected, and significantly mathematical. And what's especially interesting here is that they've linked the concept of opinion formation to the flow and preference in trade currency within the international trade arena. Think of countries and their currencies as players in a massive global game, where every move has the potential to shift allegiances and financial flows. Before we begin unpacking the study, let's lay down the groundwork for our listeners. There's some heavy terminology here, such as the Monte Carlo method, page rank algorithm, Markov chains, terms that our listeners need to be familiar with. The Monte Carlo method is a mathematical technique used to estimate the possible outcomes of an uncertain event. It's like rolling a dice a large number of times to predict the likelihood of each side coming up. Exactly. And the PageRank algorithm is a system developed by Google to rank web pages in their search engine results. It's a kind of academic popularity contest where links from significant pages make your page more noticeable. Yes. And to give our listeners a better visual, imagine this process exactly like a popularity chain in high school. The more popular kids endorse you, the more important you become in the school. And let's not forget Markov chains. Simply put, Markov chains are models that predict the behavior of a system where the next state depends only on the current state, not the sequence of events that preceded it. 
For our purposes today, think of it this way. If a country trading in dollars keeps trading in dollars, it's following a Markov process. Its next move depends not on how it got to this point, but just its current state, trading in dollars. With the basics covered, let's dive deep. The starting point of the study is the development of an opinion formation model tailored to probe the influence of economic organizations in world trade. They replicate the competition between currencies within the trade network using data from the United Nations ComTrade database. They identify core groups of countries with a preference for a particular currency. For instance, five Anglo-Saxon countries prefer the U.S. dollar and a newly conceptualized group, BRICS Plus, show preference for a hypothetical currency called BARI. They employ the Monte Carlo method to simulate how countries' trade currency preferences might shift based on direct dealings between them. And the results? Pretty profound. By 2014, most of the world would have opted for BRI over the U.S. dollar. Distilling that further, the Monte Carlo simulation reaches a steady state with three distinct groups. Two groups consist consistently prefer to trade either in BRI or USD. Then there's the swing group that vacillates between BRI and USD, depending on the initial spread of preferences. But they don't stop there. They throw in a third currency, the euro, and later even consider the yuan and a hypothetical currency tied to OPEC+. The battle gets complex, but their analysis shows us how the preference for a trade currency could potentially shift globally. The implications here are vast. A shift towards BRI or another non-U.S. dollar currency could have profound impacts on global economics and politics. It essentially could signify the end of the dollar's reign as the world's primary reserve currency. As we draw near to the end of today's discussion, it's crucial to emphasize the broader relevance. They've presented a mathematical model grounded in data sets and algorithms, which offers a radically new way to view geopolitical shifts through the prism of trade currency preferences. Our personal takeaway from this paper is its interdisciplinary brilliance, melding theoretical physics, economics, and computer science to make sense of the complex, intertwined world of global trade. We hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you're interested in the full details, we highly recommend delving into the paper yourself. It's not just a peek into the world of economics, but also a testament to the power of applied mathematics. Until next time, this has been Tom and Jen signing off from our award-winning podcast. Keep questioning, keep learning, and stay fascinated because the world is full of wonder waiting to be explained. Hey folks, ever think about where your money spends its vacation? Right, because normal people spend their time contemplating currency holidays. But if you do, we have something special for our savvy financial travelers. Introducing Cash Dash, the bizarrely delightful new board game inspired by the Opinion Formation in the World Trade Network paper. Embrace the role of a currency influencer in a world dominated by the almighty dollar, the emergent BRI, and the wild card, the euro. Travel around the board, converting countries to your currency cult. Roll the dice and watch out for trade sanctions and currency fluctuations. Quirky sound effect. Ooh, landed on Monte Carlo simulation. Multiply your influence or risk starting over. Forge alliances and use secret economic strategies to tip the scales in your favor. Will you engage in a currency war or push for a trade treaty? But beware. Other players are out to devalue your dominance.
Will your currency become the staple for global trade or collapse into the oblivion of hyperinflation? Not to mention the wild inflation power-up that inflates your ego along with your currency value. Um, it's fun for the whole family or even central bankers who've seen too much real-life action. Cash Dash, where world trade meets wild trades. Get your copy now. We accept dollars, BRI, and maybe even your personal IOU if it's worth the paper it's written on. Cash Dash, because who said global economics can't be a game night highlight? Tom and Jen, Cash Dash. Trade it, play it, live it. We're definitely not responsible for any economic crises that ensue in your household. Offer void in Monopolyopolis. Please play responsibly. Welcome to our in-depth exploration of the riveting world of game theory and profitable strategies. Today we're going to dissect a paper titled Game Mining, How to Make Money from Those About to Play a Game by James W. Bono and David H. Wolpert. In this episode, prepare to uncover the hidden complexities of non-cooperative games. The paper we're analyzing introduces an innovative concept known as game mining, where external parties, termed game miners, exploit a strategic advantage. Jen, this concept is a game changer, quite literally. It essentially flips the script on traditional game dynamics, allowing third parties to profit by intervening in a game with strategically crafted contracts that sway the original player's decisions. Exactly, Tom. It's based on the understanding that players might commit to paying an external party based on the game's outcome. But when game miners enter the scene, they sidestep traditional regulatory boundaries, see, seeking profits through contracts contingent on those outcomes. Let's dive into the specifics with an example from the paper. Imagine two cell phone manufacturers deciding on their production levels. The strategic moves lead to a scenario where one firm, Anonymous, would always prefer high production. In contrast, the other firm, brand name, would vary its output depending on Anonymous's decision. The paper delineates how a third entity, Game Mining Inc., would exploit this by offering Anonymous a contract before their decision with brand name. And here's where it gets intriguing. The contract changes the payout structure of the original game and surprisingly benefits both Anonymous and the Game Miner, usually at brand name's expense. Correct. These external interventions by game miners can induce efficient or inefficient equilibria, but more importantly, it disrupts the original strategic setting. Now, transformative contracts like these aren't just about facilitating a cozy and outcome, they redefine the game itself. Absolutely. The paper also meticulously deconstructs the contractual bargaining between miners and players, detailing various game scenarios, including first-mover advantages and even prisoners' dilemma-like situations. Speaking of implications, this pioneering approach impacts the field of economics, particularly the understanding of game theory, contract theory, and market dynamics. Game miners, by leveraging enforceable contracts, reveal opportunities to extract profits where traditional economic models might not have predicted. Now, as we stitch this episode together, we've examined the intricate objectives, methodologies, findings, and profound implications outlined in this revolutionary paper. It questions the essence of predetermined game outcomes and forces us and economists alike to reconsider game theory's applied practicality. Our personal reflection? It's a fascinating exploration into previously untapped strategic manipulations. 
The concept of game mining not only provides a novel perspective on profit generation in game theory, but also exposes the delicate balance of cooperative and non-cooperative strategies within economic systems. So, will game mining evolve into a prevalent strategy? Could it redefine strategic interactions within markets? Only time will tell. But for now, we've unearthed a potentially groundbreaking concept that warrants further scrutiny and exploration within the field. Thank you all for joining us on this intellectually stimulating journey. To uncover more secrets hidden within the realm of game theory and economics, stay tuned for our next episode. Until next time, keep mining for knowledge. Are you ready to game the system like never before? Introducing the newest mastermind in strategic arbitrage, drumroll, Miner's Gambit. That's right, folks. Miner's Gambit is not your typical consulting firm. We read the fine print of game theory so you can turn the tides of competition without lifting a finger. Have two companies locked in a strategic stalemate? Are market rivals circling each other like sharks? Worry not. Miner's Gambit swoops in with tailor-made contracts that'll have them playing checkers while you're playing 4D chess. Our elite team of game miners uses state-of-the-art algorithms to analyze, predict, and sweeten the deal so you come out on top. We'll transform any game playing out there into a win-win for us and a paycheck for you. Need to convince a stubborn competitor? No problem. Our befuddle bundle will have them scratching their heads while you're cashing checks. And for a limited time only, sign up for our Machiavellian membership and receive not one, not two, but three customized game-flipping contracts guaranteed to confuse, bamboozle, and profit. Head on over to MinersGambit.com and use the promo code CHA-CHING for a 10% discount on your first game mind victory. Miners Gambit, making economics weirdly profitable since, well, since that groundbreaking paper dropped, We Mine Games, you cash out, Results may vary. Please read our 200-page disclaimer. Happy mining.